Choose your player. Hello, what's up, everybody? My name is Terrence, and I've been obsessed with sneakers since the third grade. One word that sums up my obsession is identity. Welcome to another episode of Your Nerdy Obsession, the podcast where we uncover people's nerdy obsessions. I am, of course, Michael Owen Achenbach. And on today's episode, we have a person that I am growing a friendship with. I've <laughs> still, it's still kind of strangers and a topic that I know literally nothing about. But first, let's get into the person. Terrence. Hello, Terrence. Terrence, a former coworker and a friend of mine. How are you doing? What's up, man? I'm good, Michael. I'm good. I'm so excited to be on the show. As you know, this is probably my first time actually doing a formal podcast, but really excited just to be here and just talk about my obsession and um, have the fans or whoever's listening in yes. <laughs> understand my obsession. I love it. And you probably with this topic will get some people fan. Like it's a it's a popular thing nowadays, and I have no connection to it. But we'll get into it. So the topic, people is shoes but okay so while i was doing my research my first question off the bat is there a difference between shoes and sneakers or like what is like the definition of what you like right like there's so many different things (laughs) it's funny i i think people i feel like well technically a sneaker is a shoe yeah (laughs) (laughs) by by definition Fair, fair but i i think Sneaker resonates more with me. When I think of shoes, I think of dress up shoes or like going out um, more formal. Mm-hmm. Sneakers just resonates more with me or kicks. So exactly what you said, like a shoe. I think of like a dress shoe, a high heel or like and then when you say sneaker, it gets like this idea in your head of like a full rubber sole. You got the a Velcro or a, or a knot that you have to make. Right. What? What about what kind of shoes are in your kind of obsession house? Like, what are they? What do they consist of? I would say Clarks, and um, I usually just wear those, or just like <laughs> hard bottom shoes. If I'm going out more, like in a more formal event, or if I'm going out to dinner, or like I don't know, wedding, or mm-hmm. I, I, I would default to like Clarks. Um, but I wouldn't wear sneakers in those type of events, depending on like how the occasion is. But more formal, when I think of shoes, I think of like hard bottoms or like. Clarks. Yeah. It, but the sneakers are your obsession. Right. 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 <laughs> sneakers or kicks. Like kicks. what what makes a sneaker a sneaker? That's a good question. Um <laughs> I think just removing all the hype from it and just being able to like own it. I think a lot of people when you hear when new sneakers drop. Um, of course, like if you're a sneakerhead, you're going to want to get it instinctively if you like the pair or if it's, a, if you're a hype beast, but I'm more on in my, the way I look at it or how I view sneakers is like how you own it, how you wear it. I've seen or hear people just collect sneakers just to collect them and that's fine. But for me, it's just how, how you rock it and how you own it and make it yours is it speaks more volumes in my opinion. When, um, do you, when you buy these sneakers, when you're a sneakerhead, do you go into a normal shoe store or do you go into, I guess, like the name brands, like you go into a Nike store solely and Adidas store solely. How does when you like, where do you seek these out? Yeah. So I'm from New York and raised. And it's funny you say that because when I was younger, it was definitely more like an appetite to line up in front of a, a sneaker spot like Foot Locker or Foot Action and you would literally stand in line um, or go in into the sneaker store and just buy a pair of sneakers. But when I was younger, they would do raffles and they still do it to this day. But I think before it was more popular where if the Jordan 11s were coming out, you would have to go online and sign up for a raffle. Literally wait online the night before or two days before and wait until like they open the doors for you to go in with your raffle ticket or walk into the store without a raffle ticket 
with hopes that they still had your size by the time you went out. And I, the last time I did that was in high school. And I literally, I had a friend, a good friend of mine uh, who I used to work with um, in high school. We had this, it was an internship and the internship was um, uh, across different states. So a good friend of mine who lived in Maryland um, and he texted me literally the night before was like, yo, bro, like these things are dropping. Uh, are you going to get them? And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I, was, I didn't even know they was dropping um, like the day, next day. So I literally made the the radical decision just to like get dressed, go to Foot Locker and wait online. And that that time they didn't have the raffle where you automatically got a sneaker. I literally waited online and waited to get to, to the front of the, get to the inside of the store. Yeah, yeah. And I got my size, thankfully. But now it's more of like I do everything online for the most part. Um, I really go into the store. Like if I'm going, if I'm at a mall or if I'm like in a spot where they sell a lot of sneakers, nine times out of 10, they won't have the sneakers that I want because they're probably out of stock. So you typically, you know, buy the hottest sneakers online. Um, but occasionally, if, you know, if I see something in Foot Locker or, 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 or Nike and I like it, I'll, I'll cop it. But, um, nine times of 10, I'm literally, um, online. online. Um, hilariously, this is why I have no connection to this subject is because in, when I moved to Chicago 10 years ago, I threw away a pair of tennis shoes that I got in high school, uh, <laughs> which was like 10 years after the fact. So I like. I my tennis shoes are always for function versus like a collectible or something like that. But like you said, the last time you like waited in line was high school. When did this obsession kick off? Was it in your teen years in high school? Like what when did this start and how did it start? Uh, it started when I was probably in the third or fourth grade. Um, you know, when I, when I was not wow. that, you know, but when I was younger, um, I didn't have the luxury of having selecting the sneakers that I wanted or getting the sneakers that I really wanted to wear to school. And I think mm. at that age, um, you're still like, you know, you're not really focused on sneakers, but like you start to see like what other people wear. And not to say that that heavily influenced me, but it it kind of sparked the interest of me seeing how other people put their things together. And then my desire to get those things and not having mm. it was just like, damn, only if I had that, I know how, what outfit I would wear with that. Or if only they, they chose those jeans instead of, you know, I think for me, like that was going in my head. And I just knew, like, my friends, they would always ask me for my opinion on, like, what to wear or, like, how to put something together. I just didn't have the, the means to get, the, get those things. So it was so interesting. It was more of, like, a, um, an oxymoron where they were able to afford it and they were yeah. always asking me for advice, but I couldn't afford it. And I didn't I have it. it. Like a, so, fashion, a free fashion consultant for all your yeah. friends who could spend the money. Yeah. <laughs> so... That's how I looked at it. And when I was younger growing up, it was always like, I really want these. And I always told myself, you know, I want to get them for me and allow my, allow the thinkers to define me. I love that. How was there, do you remember like your first pair or like, what was your one that you can like, remember that really stuck out to you when you were younger? Like, it was like, this is the Holy grail that I have now. <laughs> um, I would say like, like, uh, I would, I had, um, if I looked through my like old, old like child photo albums, I'll probably see some like maybe like a, a Air Force or um, maybe some Air Maxes. What I could really vividly remember and own was when I was in the what grade? I was either in I think I was in fifth grade. You're in that age where like you know people are talking about sneakers. You're like, who got these sneakers? And I remember in the fifth grade, I only had probably like three or four pair of sneakers one of them was like nike dunks and they were orange um navy blue and white and they had brown in them and i love those are my the hottest sneakers that i had in my collection every like i would wear them maybe on a friday because <laughs> i love it. you you were like you were debuting them you're like yeah, look at these you know, <laughs> school, like you probably get like you go to the store with your friends yes and, like, okay you know what i mean like yes. you said, I, I were outside yeah. So I remember I would only wear them on like selected days or like on days where like I felt like I, I, I wouldn't basically I wouldn't wear them like frequently. Yeah, so yeah. I had this one friend that would always tap me when I didn't wear them was like, why don't you wear your your dunks? And I'm like, because <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to like, like I can't wear them every Those day. Those are special day. shoes. All right. Use the, use the heat. So yeah. that like that stuck with me because 
it was like somebody noticed, somebody paid attention that mm-hmm. I knew how to wear them. You know what I mean? So it was just it was just so interesting to see that because that the things that I didn't have that I that I wore weren't as like hot or dope or cool. But those dunks, like to this day, to this day, like those are probably one of my favorite things that I've worn, and no one else had it. That was another thing. Yeah. So it was just it was just good to sport them and just, you know rock them whenever I could, and like whenever I wore them, I always got compliments. So. Yeah. I think that's where it kind of started and it kind of like elevated from there. I've always wondered that with sneakerheads that so you do have like your day to day pair for lack of a better term, right? Like you so you do have a pair that you use on a regular basis and then you have specialty ones. Do you now nowadays and you're now sneakerhead adulthood, uh, do you have ones like that is still the same case is it day to day or do you have special ones like these i'll only wear to this location or this is a special dress shoe or or how does that work now yeah i mean (laughs) it's funny i think a lot of it is kind of infused with the culture like Mm -hmm. like i said i live in new york so in new york it's like you gotta have air forces now the new wave is like panda dunks right so those are like a staple like i've always have them i always have like air forces in my closet and i have like air maxes that i will wear like if i'm going to the grocery store if i'm going to visit a friend or a cousin something i could just pull off really quick but i have like jordan ones that i would never wear on a train or like i wouldn't wear to a party because mm. parties in new york city are like packed so like i, w- I don't want to risk the f- getting my sneakers <laughs> stepped on or dirty like, period yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> on there's definitely some sneakers that I would never wear in certain occasions versus others that I wear on a day to day. Or I have like running shoes. I, I go to the gym like maybe three times a week. I usually wear those if I'm running to the store or like jogging. So I kind of I, I know how to balance it. Mm-hmm. Do you take more time to choose out your day to day ones than like the ones that you don't? You know, like, does that does that make sense? That question? <laughs> Like, am I, so in a sense, like, are you asking, am I still selective, even though I do have the date, like, the well, day-to-day? yes and no. Like, do you take more time when you're like, okay, these, will these work for day to day? Like, are they comfortable? Are they this? And then when you find a pair that you're just like, oh, I know I want this. You're just going to go for it. Like, you don't think, you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I think it, cause I guess the point, like, I mean, I try to keep my sneakers in good condition for a long time and I have sneakers in my closet that they still look brand new. Like if I wear them today, people will think that like I just bought them. But there gets there comes a time where like you can't predict the weather or like, you know, somebody does step on your sneakers or mm-hmm. in a in a sense, like the sneaker does deteriorate, right? Like it loses mm-hmm. color. So like over time, like there's sneakers that naturally loses fade or naturally loses touch or gets creased up and then become more of a day-to-day than more of a luxury but there are some sneakers that i buy with the intent purpose that like i want these sneakers to be only worn when i go out to these places versus there's others where i know i could wear these on a day-to-day and still keep it in in good condition Mm -hmm. it was one of my questions is how what do you do with them when they get to that point when they've deteriorated or when they've do you like glass case and frame them and like Hang them up or I actually, uh, I actually don't. Um, I want do, me do some or, people do that. I think, well, when I was when they thought so, <laughs> and when I was younger, and I don't see it a lot nowadays, whenever you had um a pair of sneakers and it did get to that state where it wasn't as fresh anymore, people would tie it and then throw it up on the um the cable wires on the streets and. Literally, you would see like a lot of like Nike Jordans and it was just like symbolic to say like, you know, I wore them, I maxed out on them Hmm. and like people in the like community would see it. So it was just like a cultural thing. But nowadays it's either you, you know, you, you use them for like the gym or you use it to like to move to a new apartment, right? Like you you have backup sneakers that you know you can always wear to get dirty in, you know what I mean? (laughs) So I kind of have those on reserve or if it gets to a point where like I don't want to wear them anymore. Um, like I literally just did some cleaning the other day just to like reorganize my sneakers. And it was some sneakers that I had since college that I didn't wear anymore. And like, they got to a point where like they weren't wearable. So I just literally just like, awesome. yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Um, is there a sneaker in your collection that you have now that is like very close to you? And also a second part of the question, is there one in like in your future that you like really want, like you kind of lust after? My Jordan ones, um, the red, black and white ones. 
it's funny because I had, it, it kind of ties into your second part of the question. So the Jordan ones are a really iconic and popular pair of sneakers. The original, I mean, I guess like the retail price is probably under like 200, but nowadays mm-hmm. it's probably like close to a thousand. Don't forget the original. They made different iterations of it where like they came out with a knitted version of it. They came out with a, a patent version of it. And I had the knitted version, knitted version of it and I had the patent ones because they were significantly cheaper to purchase than the, the, the original one. So I would say those because I like the colors. I like the, how it like goes with my fits. They, I could wear it to the grocery store. I could wear it to a party and it, it's still fresh. And I caveat by saying, I'm always one of the original ones, but even though I'm a sneakerhead, like I just can't see myself dropping that much money. (laughs) Like that's, that's, it's crazy to think that, right? Cause like I see it and I'm like, yo, I really want this, but it's like, I don't know if I could do it. I can't just drop that much money for a pair of sneakers. So I've always wanted to get it at retail price where it was significantly lower or find different iterations of it. And I've gotten iterations of it and they're still like Jordan 1s, right? They're still Jordan 1s, but not, they're not the original ones. So if I could get a pair of that, I think that would really make me happy. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, that kind of goes on the next question with money. Like you look at some of these sneakers and they are priced like 2.2 million or you have like 200,000 or 600,000. Like so many are, how do you... I mean, I'm not going to ask you how much you spent because that's invasion of your privacy. But no, like, well, it's more just like, how do you judge that? Like you were saying, like, how do you judge what you're going to spend a large quantity of money on versus what will you spend day to day on? You're talking to somebody who doesn't spend more than probably 70 bucks on a tennis shoe. Like, I just they just don't mean anything to me. That's just not my thing. Right. So like it's I'm trying to understand that aspect of it. Like what? What about the shoe? Like, how? What do you weigh? Like, what draws you to it? What? what so yeah. I'm a huge Jordan and Nike fan. So for me, it's like there's different models or versions of the sneaker that I like. I like the Jordan ones. Now I've owned like more than five or six pair of them, and that's because of the price point, right? Like, I I typically try to get sneakers at retail price. So like when you asked earlier, you know, how do you get sneakers or where do you go for sneakers? And typically they do sell it at retail price, but they create this scarcity, right? They they say, hey, like these things are going to drop on X date. They only have X amount of sneakers to sell, which is not true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they have X amount of sneakers today, unless you ask. <laughs> right. So people are like, okay, I'm going to jump on it, but I try my best to like get it at retail or around retail when it first drops. And if I can't get it, typically over time, like not necessarily decrease, but like there might not be a hype for it like two years from now from its release date. But then, you know, a year from then it could go back up. So I kind of watch it in some cases, or like I used to have friends who who worked like at Full Locker and stuff like that. And like they had discounts. So they you know, they looked out for me too, but so that's a good connect to have yeah, for it's a, a sneakerhead. <laughs> it's a good connect. Like people buy resale sneakers all the time. But I think for me, like outweighing like the cost versus like the actual sneaker, like I like sneakers a lot, but for me, there's always like that conscious decision of like, okay, like is this reasonable? Like is this sound for a pair of sneakers? And if if I constantly have to question the price. I typically don't buy it, but that's the sign. I, that's the sign. I'm like, I'm not going to make that much money for sneakers yet. And who knows? What if I, you know, make way more money like five years from now? Like maybe my thought process of like how I value sneakers is going to be totally yeah. different. Now. Well, it's also how you value money too, right? Like a hundred dollars now means less when you have 10 times what you're making now. That's just, you know, how exactly. mentally it works. Have you ever resold your sneakers or is there like a big reselling market to like make money from that or no? There is huge. Um, Mm -hmm. People have been doing it for for decades. And I think COVID has definitely amplified that. Um, There's people out there that love sneakers way more than me. And they would move like the moon and back to get a pair of like Jordan 1s, right? Um, Or go to StockX or go to a convention where they can actually buy sneakers on the spot. That's how like real it gets. Um, But me personally, like I've never resold a pair of sneakers. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure I would be good at it, but not to, <laughs> like, I'm sure I would be good at it, but I'm more of like, if I like, if I like a pair of sneakers, I'm going to buy it and I'm going to rock it to the wheels fall off. That's how I like it. Um, with all obsessions, with all things that we love, we also dislike things. What, I mean, other than the prices being astronomical, which we've just discussed, what, what about, are there things about sneakers that you hate or about like the sneaker head kind of culture? Are there things like that that you dislike? I'll be honest. I think the sneaker culture has definitely has um, 
this negative connotation to it, especially for individuals like in school or like high school and college, right? Where if you don't have the latest pair of sneakers, you're probably shamed on or like it kind of puts you in this like social status. Um, Mm. You don't have this. I'm not going to hang out with you or like people will clown you. And I've seen this happen and it happened to me when I was growing up. And, you know, people make jokes and, you know, sometimes like you don't you don't have the courage to kind of like speak up because, you know, there's nothing you could really say. And I I kind of reflect back on my childhood of like not really having that many that much sneakers and where I'm today, where I don't I don't wear it to flaunt or to make people look like to put people down. Like it's literally part of my identity. But when you watch videos on TikTok or like Instagram or Twitter and you see kids making fun of other kids because I'm not having the latest pair of sneaker, um, Jordans or Yeezy, especially like in urban areas, right? Like New York, Chicago, um, you know, California, like a lot, a lot of these cities where, um, you know, popularity kind of stems on like how you look and what you wear. So I would say like, that's probably the stuff, how I look at it from the ugly side of it, where people use it to kind of, divide you or put you in a box of like you're not cool enough if you don't have these or we can't hang with you because you didn't get this and i've seen it happen and and it still goes on to this day like that when you bring judgment into uh, obsessions or things that people love it's never never good right like it just doesn't like that what um like a couple more questions here for you then we'll go to my final question what is your biggest accomplishment when it comes to being a sneakerhead, what is your personal biggest accomplishment? I already feel like one of my biggest accomplishments is allowing my sneakers to speak for myself. And mm-hmm. I think people kind of notice that and they kind of like tap me for like advice on like how to put an outfit together. Like when I get advice from a friend or when a friend reaches out and asks for advice, um, that makes me feel good because it kind of makes me feel like I'm showing a positive light of, of sneakers yeah. <laughs> in a sense. I love that. Um, how to put an outfit together because it's, it's literally it's I almost compare it as it's synonymous for getting a haircut, right? Like you you feel great when you get a haircut. Like you mm-hmm. you feel like a new person, right? Not getting a haircut for like two or three weeks and then going sitting, going to your barber, you know, talking about life, leaving that barbershop, like that fresh that first day yeah. fresh cut. When you when you feel that wind right hit that hit the back yeah, here, yeah, yeah. like freshly buzzed. I yeah, I get that. that. Cut, like that, yeah. like that's how it feels when like mm. you put a an outfit together right and you feel good and I, I feel like being able to build your confidence based on that and based on the things that you want to wear not so much of how other people define what you should wear right yeah wow. i love that when do you kind of reveal this to like a significant other or to friends that you're a sneaker like you said it's part of your identity already do you like when do you reveal it and then do you get judgment or like when how does that work it's funny, how does man. that work that's not the I'm correct like, way to say that but sorry yeah. go on <laughs> um my family definitely definitely knows mm-hmm. um like if i'm at like a family event like hanging out with some family or cousins or brothers or sisters like i'll get a compliment or they'll be like oh those sneakers look fire or like when did you get those like how long did you have those or like did you get them yesterday i'm like no i had these for like two years and they would be like wait what yeah. i'm like i'm not lying i can show you the receipt and it's just <laughs> like it kind of and it, it kind of st- like sticks with them like that I really take care of my sneakers. But like, if I'm going on a date or if I'm talking to somebody, typically like they kind of ask these questions like, oh, how many pairs of sneakers do you have? Or like, uh, or they're like, oh, they look too fresh. I don't want to touch them. Like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) legit. I would be, I would, that would be me because my shoes would be disgusting. (laughs) They're like, I don't want to step on them. So (laughs) it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of both. And I I think people, they, they, that know me, they, they know that like, it's a part of me. Do you, um, when when you do like when they ask you that like you said what do you normally give them when when you they ask like how many pairs do you have like i can think of like 600 questions that are a typical oh you're a sneakerhead how many shoes do you have what was the most you spent on what like you probably get that all the time when you kind of reveal that right yeah they yeah. literally ask like same thing you just said like how much <laughs> pair of sneakers do you have how much do you spend on them um do you wear them do you wear certain sneakers like in the winter versus the summer mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do you keep, how do you, um, make, how do you, um, keep them like fresh for so long? How do you preserve them? Like, do you clean them? Like, do you put them back in the box? Do you put them back in the the wrap? Like they ask you all these type of questions. It's it's funny because they, they generally don't have the same passion. So I could tell like 
they're really intrigued by it's it. It's also, like you said, too, like there is a, a somewhat of a stereotype to a sneakerhead in my mind, right? Like they like I've seen on hoarders where they have like the walls full of shoe boxes, right? Or or you see on people that just collect them and just showcase them in closets. So like they want to know, like that's my thing is like I want to know how, how deep this can go with someone. So I think that's super interesting when because of your love of this and how you said like you really like your friends giving or you giving advice on on outfits and everything like that do you give sneakers as a gift or is it too personal and do you get sneakers or do you be like don't buy me sneakers because i know what i like no it's funny you say that i do no that's probably like my big like i like when it comes to gifts like instinctively i think of sneakers love that um like literally i bought my niece a pair of uh air maxes and they were like so unique they were um white black and they had like this pinkish reddish color to it it was just fire like when i saw it i'm like i have to get it for her and it's funny when i got it for her my um my brother and his girlfriend took her to the for a doctor's appointment and he he sent me a picture of her wearing the sneakers. He was like, we're at the doctor's appointment. She's getting a lot of compliments. <laughs> so, it, was, it was so like, if maybe you love that. Like, I read, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yo, she, you know, I did my thing. You know, she looks yes. good. She's happy. And like, you know, and she talked about it. She like, she knows that her uncle bought her a pair of sneakers. And like the fact that like, she could feel good and wear it. You know what I mean? Without even like really understanding like this whole social construct of like, oh, you have to have these pair of yeah. sneakers in order to be like, to be deemed like cool like yeah. she's a, like she's still a kid you know what I like mean? how culturally relevant her shoes are she's just like these are cool and people like them right right and she feels good about it like when exactly she's yeah. she like i like them like i like the mm-hmm. color she's communicating to that you know what i mean and she's very yeah. vocal so she will tell you she don't like something <laughs> um, so that. it was that to me feels good but like i would say like when it comes to gift giving like Sneakers is my um, my go to, and like I try my best to understand like what the person likes. If they like a particular color or design, and like nine out nine times out of ten, I'm normally right. And the second part to that, I brought my brother a pair of sneakers for his birthday, and I was talking to his girlfriend um, on like you know what sneakers should I get him, and I was literally going through a list, and I showed her the pair of sneakers that I wanted to get her, and she was like, oh, I think they would be nice. Fast forward when I gave it to him, he opened it. He was like, how did you know I wanted this? She started laughing and she was like, literally when he showed me it, she couldn't like, she couldn't tell me over the phone that you really wanted those. Um, but it just goes to show like how you're very attentive to like how, what people like to me, it just made me, it makes me feel good. I am. I, I, uh, I go to electronics. Like I'm good with electronics and people you give me clothes. I can't do clothes. Like I, I just can't. So I, I love that. All right. Last question. So unfortunately you died. Um, yeah. And all of your, uh, uh, all of your, um, I'm, I'm asked, you know, because we're so close and we've known each other for eons, you know, and (laughs) and I'm asked to go through all your personal items, you know, while I'm going through your personal items, I find this box and in this box, and then there's also a note and on the note, it says, uh, in this box represents my obsession. What's in the box? Hmm. What's in the box? Um, probably like uh, uh, some money with a with a limit in it, and whoever opened it, it would probably it would have also attached to the money would be a note to, you know, be able to put an outfit together with like limited resources and see what you can do with it. And I think, and I say that because people like I honestly feel like it doesn't like you don't have to have a pair of Jordans or a pair of Air Forces to be fresh, right? I think culturally, like, that, th- those sneakers represent something. It means something, right? Like, in New York, if you come to New York right now, I, I guarantee you, you would see, like, one out of nine people wearing Air Forces or now Panda Dunks. Like, that's just a culture it brings, right? But I, I would say, like, to be able to build an outfit, and uh, a fly outfit with sneakers, uh, you know, whether it's a female or male, right? To be able to put together an outfit with, with limited dollars, I really feel like, that outweighs any high-end sneaker you can think of to me, because again, it kind of ref- it reflects to me that you're able to let your personality shine in what you wear. And mm-hmm. there's no like dollar limit to that. And of course, obviously you're going to have your preferences brands and stuff like that. But I think looking back when I was growing up, like I didn't have a lot. So uh, I did what I could do with the very little that I had to put something together. And uh, even to this day, like, 
um, I could wear like New Balance and still come out looking fly. You know what I mean? Love it. And that's because I choose to buy particular sneakers. It doesn't have to be high end. It doesn't have to be, you know, the Nikes, the Jordans. Those are just my preference. I prefer those sneakers. But um, give me less than 300 and I can still put an offer together. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That is the most thoughtful answer. I love that so much. Um, thank you so much for chatting. But we're not done yet. I'm going to test your knowledge. Oh, man. You put it in the hot seat. <laughs> yes. It's going to be the hot seat. It's time for nerdy knowledge. All right. I'm just going to go go down them. And don't worry if you don't know them. That's the whole point. So <laughs> just take a guess. Um, all right, the first one, you have 10 points total you can get. The first one worth one point. In May, in, in May 1990, 80,000 pairs of Nikes went missing and are still being found to this day. What happened to the 80,000 pa 80, pairs of shoes? Sorry, 80,000 pairs of Nikes went missing, 80,000 pairs of shoes. What happened to them? I heard about this. Um... The vague, um, they were on a ship coming from, um, I believe, China. The or, location doesn't matter. Just tell oh, me what happened to them. Okay, so they were coming from a particular country, and they were um, being transported somewhere else. And I think they just got lost at sea. Yes. I, yeah, oh, that's exactly right. Okay. <laughs> 80,000 pairs of Nikes went missing in the Pacific Ocean from South Korea to the United States. Um, one of the oceanographers that is part of the crew looking for it is still recovering air solo flight strike force and Pegasus from the shipment. Um, the, apparently because Nike's shoes are so durable, they've been washing up on people's shore like seven miles uh, away. Um, or it's because of how long they've been in the ocean now, they could have circled the world twice is also what they said. So if you come across a pair of shoes in the ocean, just uh, keep them. <laughs> all right. Next question worth one point. Chicks with kicks are a trio of sisters that have over 6,000 pairs of shoes. However, Jordi Geller has the Guinness Book certification for the most pairs of shoes owned by a single person. How many shoes does Jordi have? I have. Can you run that question back? <laughs> <laughs> so this group of sisters called Chicks with Kicks, the three of them total own over 6,000 pairs. Jordy Geller, who is a separate person, has the certification to be the to have this. He's the single person that owns the most. So how many pairs of shoes does he have? That is technically I own the most as a single person. And they are trio. No, sorry. I'm I confused you. The trio doesn't matter. Jordy Geller. <laughs> I, I, I that was on purpose. Jordy Geller is the Guinness Book. Uh, record holder of the most pairs of shoes owned by a single person. Okay. How, how many shoe, how many pairs of shoes does Jody Geller have? Um, <laughs> can I give you a range or does it have to be the oh, exact? Oh yeah. Give me a range. I'm fine. Um, these points are, you know, they matter so much. <laughs> um, well, that's probably a lot. Um, I don't know. Uh, 15 to 25,000. Oh, I'm giving it to you. 2,388 pairs. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. Nice job. All right. Two points, two for two. All right. Uh, this one has some extra credit. <laughs> if right, you know it. The Nike Air Max 95 design was based on what? It's funny, I um I have a couple of pairs ninety-five. Um can you give me a clue? You see it every day. Your face went from thinking to like what the fuck? <laughs> um you said what does it represent? The design? Yeah, the design was based on what? 
So I have no idea. Take a guess. Anything. Um, is it historical? Like, I don't know. Like, um, the murder. <laughs> it is I, the human body. Really? The shoe is based on the human. The midsole represents the spine. The graduated panels represent the muscles. The lace loops are the ribs. And the mesh represents the skin. Mm, I wonder why they're so comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, didn't get that one. No problem. Next one up. Gary Gilmore was a convicted murderer in Utah. Gary was the first person in almost 10 years to be executed in 1977. What famous quote is Gary credited for that inspired the shoe industry? In what year was this? <laughs> the year doesn't... 1977. He made a quote, and the shoe industry, it was inspired by this quote. But not until... 2000 or like night not like 80s 90s it wasn't pop, it was like they weren't inspired until does later. it have anything to do with nike it does have something to do with nike i'm gonna give it to you because that's, that, that's the answer it's let's do it that so this guy was um it, i think it was a firing squad yeah there it is so he was the first one to be uh convicted of firing squad in utah and he just stood there and said let's do it and then they shot him and doug prey who is Nike's marketing uh, in 2009 made a documentary saying that that's where he got the just do it from. Wow. Got yep. <laughs> nice. That was a point. All right. Next one. The Air Jordan 15 is said to be one of the ugliest shoes ever made. What inspired the design for the sneaker? It probably is the ugliest thing you ever made, and that's why I don't <laughs> wear it. Um, but you said what inspired the design of it? Yes. There is one particular item, or yeah, there's something, there's one thing that inspired the shoe, and it's the ugliest shoe ever made. Um, did, it, did it have something to do with... Um, the making uh, Space Jam? No, but it was Michael Jordan's tongue. Oh, really? The tongue on that shoe is a literal representation and inspiration of Michael Jordan's tongue. I did not know that. I know. <laughs> I looked at that shoe too, and I it's it's not like, the best looking shoe, but I obviously don't have fashion taste. So I need, you need to help me because <laughs> yeah. I just looked at it and I'm like, I mean, that's not terrible, but apparently it's ugly. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Next one. In March of 2009, a shoe was made by launch group for cancer research in UK's race for life. So uh, this company made a shoe for UK's race for life, mm -hmm. which takes the title as the largest sports sneaker. So they made the largest sports sneaker. It is five feet, two inches wide, five feet, six inches high. How long is the shoe? Can you give me those dimensions again? <laughs> yes. Five foot, two inches wide. And then five feet, six inches high. So how long is the shoe? In kilometers. And ah, ah. <laughs> no, me, if you want to give it to me in meters, it's four meters, which is 13, 13 feet, one inches long. What, what sneakers were they? I'm curious. Do you know? Um, no, they just said that they made it on behalf of uh, Cancer Research, UK's Race for Life. So, got yeah. I got to search that up. I'm curious on what, yeah. what it like was. Like what kind or something. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next one. In 1982 a new sneaker became a huge cult favorite and was the first shoe to cost over a hundred dollars. What was the shoe brand and design? You said what year? Uh, 1982. Um, 
it was a first pair of sneakers that cost over a hundred dollars. Over a hundred dollars. Nineteen eighty-two. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was because Jordan started the NBA in, in I think eighty-four, and I don't think the Air Jordans didn't drop until ninety eighty-five. Um, I want to say I don't think it's Jordans or or Nike. I think they were reasonably priced pointed back then. Um, I'm thinking of this is not my answer. I'm just like thinking through it. I love it. Um, <laughs> probably I'm, I'm Reebok or maybe New Balance. New ba- probably uh, I'm torn between those two, but I would say probably New Balance. Nice. Correct. Good job. <laughs> it was New Balance 990 is what it is. Was New Balance was that the more popular one until Nike came on with Air Jordans? I think, I mean, I, cause I, I saw the documentary and I, um, I used to read up on it sometimes, but I think when, when Jordan like came out with, with Air Jordan one, I think that's when it really skyrocketed. And I think that's where it, it kind of left like the other brands mm-hmm. like in a dust. In the dust yeah. So I was trying to think about like what, like what popular singles were probably out before then. I was thinking like Converse, um, Converse, mm. Converse is pretty popular. Like people used to play them in, for basketball. Basketball is what they normally wore. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was thinking mm. of other brands. Oh, okay, cool. All right. Well, you got that one. four points so far. Next question. In 1984, the famed Nike and Michael Jordan relationship was unveiled with the classic red and black Air Jordans. The shoes were banned by the NBA because of their color. But Michael Jordan kept wearing them and was fined each game he wore them. How much was the fine? It was probably in his documentary, too. Probably, Um, yeah. (laughs) Because this relationship is like part of, you know, capitalism, America. (laughs) I I don't remember the dollar mall. Um, That's all right. You can give me a random range or something, whatever you think. Um... He was fine for them for every game. Um, I don't know if they were like in the thousands. For maybe, <laughs> probably like, I don't know. Like, was it? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, th- I like say take a stab. Um, how much was he bent? Oh, man. This is definitely a documentary, I think. Um, <laughs> he was banned for... <laughs> Maybe was it like less than two thousand? Maybe no, it was not. It was five thousand dollars a game. That's crazy. And the interesting fact is, Nike wanted him to wear them on the court, so Nike paid the fine every game. Oh, five thousand wow. dollars a game. So that's why he kept wearing them. God, I, I would that. too, honestly. Like, if you're yeah, gonna pay the too. fine, yeah, like, <laughs> and it's not gonna affect me or affect my future. Uh, all right. Phil Knight is the former Nike CEO. Mm-hmm. Originally, he considered naming the brand what? Oh, man. I, oh, man. I actually did a case study on Nike, too. <laughs> um, the, he, he was based out in Oregon, no? Um, or Phil, Phil Knight? I don't know. Maybe. He, he had a, Oh man, I forgot the name of the. Wait, sorry. Repeat the question. You said. <laughs> repeat the question. Hold up. What Phil Knight, former Nike CEO, original cons- considered naming the brand what? So what was Nike originally going to be called? I, I, I don't remember. But I, I'm going to say it, and you're going to know it. <laughs> no, don't say it. Um, <laughs> I think he had a, or I remember, I don't know if he had a, his own business first and then he rebranded it. It was something around those lines. I forgot the name of it though. Dimension Six. Oh man. Was that ringing a bell? It does, man. I think, because I, I did a case study on him and I think he, probably even before that, he had a sneaker. An actual company? Yeah. And nice. then he demolished it or just like changed it. Something like that. Yeah. Cool. 
All right. Last question. Phil Knight is quoted as saying, I don't love it, but it will grow on me in response to Nike's famous swoosh. Carol Davidson is credited for the famous drawing. What was Davidson originally paid for that drawing of the Nike swoosh? What year was this? You don't know. 1971. Great question, because I also did uh, inflation. So you have two options of numbers here. <laughs> <laughs> I could go either way, right? Yeah, yeah. If you guess the, the one that's today, I'll give it to you. Today's price <laughs> not, <laughs> it's not yesterday's price. Uh, I'm going to take a wild guess. Was it like, um, I don't know, like, 7000 Wow. You're going to hate it. She was paid in 1971 $35. What? Yes, which would have been, which is $256 today. So, yes, that's shitty. However, in September 1983, three years after Nike went public, Phil Knight invited Davidson, the artist, to a company reception. There, he presented her with a bunch of chocolate swooshes, a diamond ring made out of gold and engraved with the swoosh and an envelope filled with 500 shares of Nike stock, which was worth $1 million as of 2015. So he got, he treated her well at the, after the fact. Okay, good. But like $35. Hey, here's the swoosh. That's I, insane. I even think it should have been more than that. Like, Oh yeah. She yeah. made, she basically made, made Nike. Yeah. yeah. Nike would be, I mean, now you could probably just put, just do it and it would, you would get away with it. But like you made that swoosh is everywhere. So, right. well, nice job. You got four out of 10, but you know, the points don't matter. So don't worry about it. Uh, right? Yes. We're going to go into the last section, which is talk nerdy to me. So the first one is your top three. What are the top three shoe brands that you love? Shoe brands. I would say mm-hmm. Jordan and Nike. And um, I would say Adidas. Adidas. Nice. What? Here, this is the Desert Island question. So that for you, the Desert Island question is, I want you to tell people if you could design a shoe with only what is out in the world today, what would that shoe look like? Um, from a material perspective, like, what do you mean? Material color? Like what, what would it like? If you could be like, Oh, I really want a shoe that looks like this. What would that shoe look like for you? Um, I, I'm kind of like into, I think they're starting to do it in, in some areas. I think Nike, I don't know if Nike pioneered it, but um, they have this program where you can, I think they allow um, employees to kind of like design their own sneaker. And nice. I think it they can do it for like a particular heritage month or like they can just get very creative and just bring it to their brand team. And then their brand team either like, if it, does it go, if it, they can decide whether or not it goes through production and then if it hits the street. Um, Needless to say, um, I think they've been started. They started to um, look at like old like cartoon shows and kind of like replicate um, some of like the colors and themes and put it like on a on a pair of sneakers, whether it's like Nike Dunks or low top dunks. Hmm. Uh, And I I like the collection with um, Dragon Ball Z, Um, like the Piccolo colors, like the Goku colors. And like that looks really cool to me. So if I could like. If I had the ability to do so, I'll probably look at like my favorite cartoon shows like Hey Arnold or like yes, Nexus, hey Arnold. <laughs> Nexus Laboratory and like kind of like rebrand those colors and like make it into a sneaker. I love that answer. That's awesome. Uh, next one is top event. What is a shoe event that you've gone to or one that you want to go to? It's funny. Uh, it's, I've never been to like a major like shoe convention um, I probably couldn't even afford it, but <laughs> now that I'm like old and I do have like the means, um, they've they've ironically 
come to me. So I'll explain. Yes. So yes, I, I went to um Afrotech, and it's a really great conference that welcomes people from all walks of life, but predominantly um people of color or black in tech to come talk about you know the beauty of being a technologist mm-hmm. uh, in facing adversity in your field and being able to connect and and with other like-minded individuals and build your network. So it's a really um, well-thought-out event. And I've been there twice, um, God willing. And when I was, the essence of the event is not only to just network, but it's also to um, bring in Black-owned brands or um, bring in culture, whether Mm -hmm. it's food, music, sneakers. And I was, I think the last time I was out there before COVID hit, they had like a... um, an exhibit um where they were showcasing sneakers and it was so dope like they had like the like the jordan ones they had like things that didn't even hit the street yet um or like were like located in like san francisco um because like sometimes there's sneakers that you only get in like new york versus california or like depending on where they they decide to distribute them right like they create that scarcity so it wasn't like a huge shoe convention but needless to say um it was more of like hey like you know sneakers is heavily like promoted in, in like our community and like th- these are like black owned designers you know what i mean and that mm. really was cool to see uh but i would love to go to like a, a a sneaker convention one of these days and just like meet other people i probably won't be as like a super extreme like hype beast because there's people who go there to like buy sneakers sell it you know what i mean the ins and out but i go there because if i see something i like um, I'm going to get it. You know what I mean? If, if it's in, uh, within budget, of course. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Cool. Where should someone start if they want to get into sneakers? Uh, where online or w- like, where should they start? And then this kind of ties into the same idea of like, where's the best place to find sneakers? Um, I, I would say like, um, the, so the first part of your question is the first question I was probably, I would probably ask somebody is, you know, what type of sneakers do you like? Right? Is it a particular brand? Is it a, a particular style? Are there particular colors? Um, you know, do we have like uh, some type of meaning to it? Right? Like, I think nowadays a lot of companies like Nike and Adidas um, and so much others are like really taking a more sust- uh, a huge uh, sustainability push um, of like how they design their sneakers and it's more of a storytelling element to it. Um, and I think that in itself, um, kind of changes how people, how consumers purchase things. Right. Even for me, like, I, I, I mean, I know the history of like Jordan, right. Like in in most cases, like not the full story, but, um, to be able to delineate between like Jordan ones or or Jordan fives or Jordan 11s. Right. But to be able to now see like how they're redesigning sneakers and like, they're starting to add like who designed it or like why they designed it, like why they chose a particular color. Um, that That's cool to me. And I, I think some people might be interested in that. Some people might not be, right? Like some people are just like, I'll buy sneakers and if they look good, they look good. But there's other people that really like that symbolic history to it. Um, and I think that's really interesting to me. And I they even had like an exhibit, I think that I missed, which is crazy, at the Brooklyn Museum. I think back, I think a couple of years ago, they had a Jordan um, exhibition that highlighted um the, the the thought process and designing his sneaker and stuff like that and i that was so dope uh but i missed the exposition expo, exhibition um <laughs> because i had to work or something like that but i think it, it kind of goes to understanding who you are and why you, why are you deciding to buy these sneakers and then the second part to your question is um you know the major retailers like you go to nike directly you go to flight club you go to foot action um or if you know a hype beast that buys in bulk and resells you can go to them too nice awesome what is your favorite random fact about sneakers i mean i think historically like i think the jordan ones they they came out a year after jordan was in the league and i think in 85 so i don't know if there's like a a quote or anything along those lines but i think for a sports a, a sport where historically um you know, didn't have people who looked like me to be able to enter that and really dominate and still be coined as one of the best, best basketball players ever to hit the court. 
and to really design a pair of sneakers and still have the brand reputation that it still has, mm-hmm. if not more, right? I think yeah. that to me means a lot um, to see how um, you could kind of, not kind of, you can actually pursue something that you love and infuse that with other passions, like being able to have your own sneaker line mm. and clothing line um, and be able to give back through that, right, to communities and have scholarships. So I hope that answers your question. So I think yeah. that probably is probably historic to me yeah. like to, to have I, somebody I, who looks like me do that. I love that. Yeah. And it's also, it, it shows how something so simple as sneakers and how Jordan and himself developed it can like culturally affect everything. Is that kind of what you're getting at too? Exactly. That, that one moment and that one relationship changed the culture that we look at it now in terms of sneakers and in terms of the sport too. So love that. Um, next one. If I like blank, then I will like sneakers. I want you to fill in the blank. So like, if I like gore and guts, I will like horror movies. Mm. I feel like if you if you like mm, that's a good question (laughs) Um, uh, I feel like if you if you like comfort you probably like sneakers because (laughs) I think well nowadays like these sneakers, they're putting them more emphasis on like comfort, especially with like Air Maxes. I love Air Maxes. Like they're really mm-hmm. comfortable. Um, Nike Roshis, like they're super comfortable. Um, so I comfort can mean different things, right? Like some like people that. might think of comfort as style. Some people might think of comfort as physically feeling good when I walk in these pair of sneakers. So I think if if you like comfortability, like you can find a pair, a good pair of sneakers. <laughs> love, it, love it. All right. Last part or last part of talk nerdy to me is the, if you know, you know, section. So I want you to talk to all the other sneaker heads out there and say something only the sneaker heads would know. Or if you're from New York <laughs> or, or if you're from New York, if you Literally, know, you know, I think I said this a couple of times, like <laughs> in New York, like if you think about like the top sneakers that New Yorkers wear or like what they're known for, um Air Force Ones, now Panda Dunks, Jordans for sure, especially Jordan Ones, the threes, the fives, the elevens. Um and caveating from sneakers, like to your qu- original question early on, like what's the difference between shoes and, and sneakers? But you know, boots definitely have a has a, a huge cultural element in sneakers mm-hmm. too. Like Timberlands, like they're huge in New York. Yeah. Like all black Tims, like you got to have a pair. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> I so I would that. say from a cultural perspective, or just like all the others, any sneakerhead that loves sneakers, no matter how minimal or how, um, how big of a uh, sneakerhead you are, um, you kind of know like geographically, like what sneakers are popular across yeah. states. Um, or if you're going to travel, New York, what you need to pack and wear. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Well, cool. Thank you so much for this conversation. It was, I, I love it. I'm going to take more time looking at my sneakers, but I probably won't spend more than $70 still. <laughs> so <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, I, thank you so much. Is there anything uh, you want to plug any of your socials you want to put out there? Anything for my listeners to, to know you by? I would say like literally like even not even just from like a, a social element, like really it kind of goes back to, you know, knowing who you are and like not letting people kind of like dictate like what you wear. Um, I know I kind of threw out like, you know, in certain states, like some sneakers are more popular than others. Of course, that's like a cultural element, but like be you. Like I know people who don't wear none of that and they're still able to put a nice outfit together because that's that's dumb. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think my biggest takeaway would be that like, you know, even if it's not sneakers, like if it's getting your hair cut or getting your hair done or put on makeup or, you know, whatever it is, like whatever makes you feel good and you know, it makes you feel good. Just, you know, just do it, you know? 
words to live by people yeah and nike did not endorse that by the way (laughs) (laughs) i mean unless they want to send you free shoes like if someone (laughs) listens to this then they endorsed it thank you so much again man and thank you listeners uh for everyone who is listening like always if you yourself are a sneakerhead and have some other facts you want to throw our way please email us at your nerdyo at gmail.com or dm us on instagram tiktok and twitter at your nerdy we can keep this conversation going about sneakers um but until next time everyone bye Avengers Assemble.